0: and salutations you are listening to the into the north podcast where we take a look at the competitive side of the commander format also known as cdh i'm one of your hosts Lyndon, aka Noobzors, and today i'm joined by my co-hosts matt aka null yo yo reed aka sick robot how you doing and morgan aka Spleenface. what's up everyone and in this episode we will be discussing card quality uh but before we get into that what have you guys been up to since the last episode?
1: Uh, just gaming.
2: Existing. Believe since the last episode, we uh, we the MLC has started. Or it would have been around then. Um, and and Reed's already already clowned on
0: us once, so that's uh, after the races. That's fun.
3: Nice. nice. I almost I almost clowned on you twice, <laughs> but uh, unfortunately, you had to have the. Uh, uh, what was it? Free cast bolt to kill Kinnon. Uh. Yeah.
2: Uh. I mean, or, have you know. Or, or, like... <laughs> P- Pongo could have just let me draw a card off a Study <laughs> not, rather than... Not just
3: immediately slam Notion Thief with a Neoport with the, on the stack. No, it was a Demonic Tutor on the stack. Uh, it actually wasn't. No, no, it was a Dybalc intent for the record. Or sure, but okay. On I the guess, stack goes with the same card. I <laughs> Pongo flashes in, a, uh, flashes in a Notion Thief as his response with uh, Morgan having a fish out, right? Or really, it was <laughs> Study, yeah, whatever. That's yeah, <laughs> Uh, and then we
2: almost died, but Ian had, uh, had the old log salvage. Nice. Or was it Thunderclap? No, it's Thunderclap. It was Thunderclap. It was Thunderclap, yeah. Uh, which was rough for him, because he was
3: pretty behind there.
2: That, that game <laughs> yeah, was... because
3: we were, we were also bullying, you. not actually, Ian, we weren't bullying you, but quote-unquote bullying him with the Forbidden Orchard with him on Magda. Yes, that
2: is, <laughs> that is a thing that was happening. Um... Yeah, that game got wonky. Uh, and then the next game, free just just had it all.
3: Tried to- <laughs> the won the yeah the next game just wasn't wonky at all. It was great. Nice. Uh, anyways, well,
0: I've uh, been watching this show called Severance. <laughs> Okay, and uh, it's on, you can find it on Apple TV Plus, I think. I didn't even know. Okay, that... no, 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 You, you can't shill
3: <laughs> until somebody explicitly sponsors us to shill for the
0: no, show. No, I mean, this is how you have to find the show. <laughs> no, 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 I understand. Shill... No, 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 I'm shilling for the show. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> the, this, this show is great. Everyone should go try and, and, uh, and watch it. Go make time to watch it. It's only nine episodes. Uh, it's not a complete, uh, like, uh, the, the, they're clearly setting up for uh, further seasons. but dude, really really good show and it's nice to be excited about a show about a show again um you know after the biggest letdown that was like you know Game of Thrones and you know speaking uh, of which it's since <laughs> since then it's like it, I, I haven't been excited for like a kind of a seasonal show uh like I am for Severance so yeah everyone go check it out and then uh you know talk to me in the discord about it cause I definitely won't talk about it yeah
1: our next gut check poll will be about the episode so yeah <laughs>
0: Yeah. For the next the next nine episodes are going to be a gut check, uh, specifically about each each uh, episode. <laughs> yeah, so you guys you guys better better watch. Um, yeah. So uh, without further ado, let's jump into housekeeping. And as always in housekeeping, uh, we give a shout out to our new patrons. So big shout out to Jacob R.
1: and the JK.
0: You guys rock. You rock. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you as always to the patrons. Uh, you guys help uh, support the show, as we say at the end of every episode.
2: And cutting in after the fact, to give you one more bit of housekeeping before we move on, which is that during the recording of this episode, there was a pretty big storm, and Lyndon wound up losing power, so we had to uh, call off the recording and pick it up uh, a couple days later. So if things feel a little bit disjointed, or you know some points get dropped, or it feels like we're repeating ourselves, uh, that's why. So, thank you for being understanding, and without further ado, I'll return you to the rest of the show uninterrupted.
0: So, uh, new developments. Uh, We've got the Brewers Series Tournament Baldur's Street Brawl. Uh, Who wants to (laughs) talk about that one? Yeah, sure. Uh, So, this is coming up on,
2: I believe, June the 10th, but I will just confirm that very quickly. Uh... Yes, June the 10th... Oh, sorry, June the 11th. Sign-ups close on June the 10th uh, on the r slash competitive EDH Discord. Uh, and it's a tournament using commanders that are either from um the Commander Legends Baldur's Gate or Streets of New Capanna. um. And so that'll be really interesting to see, you know, people with all their, their spicy new brews with their spicy new commanders. Uh, I'm definitely planning on entering Um. I don't know about anyone else, but, uh, um,
3: yeah. maybe it'll, uh, maybe it'll give me the impetus to actually finally put together Rocco. <laughs> well, Rafine like Ruf- to was with the Streets best,
0: of though. Nuka Penner, right?
4: Yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm like, I, I don't know. Half, half giving
2: things. away the strategy. <laughs> I'm honestly half considering just going, like, full memes and just
0: building something that no one expects.
1: someone someone's um, gonna play a background, like. Yeah, so, so uh, oh, a background,
0: so. I, I think we need a you need a control, dude. Some someone has someone should just be sent into the the tournament with Thrasios, Tim, Timna. Man, come on.
3: No, no, you can't. That's all <laughs> no, I know they they that should be one oh, person. You just want to yeah, yeah yeah. You just want to see how.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you gotta you gotta you know compare for everything else. That's...
2: No no no. Here's here's the real. If you really want to punish people, like you know being being clever and trying new stuff it's just Cody that's yeah. the... <laughs> <I> mean, <Yeah. laughs> we, we, we need we need we, we're, we're, trying, we're not trying to ruin the tournament man
0: <laughs> we just want uh a, a, you know some a threshold or sorry a, a benchmark for uh, what they should perform not ruin everyone's weekend <laughs> and to uh, no one's surprise they all fell definitely... under the benchmark <laughs> yeah. there's
3: there's definitely some cool stuff I, th- I, th- I think probably the best choices or the best picks for people are probably going to be like I think it's like Rafine, Rocco, and then probably Gale plus Sign of Halster.
0: I've said this before. I don't know if I've said this on the podcast, but it takes it takes like a couple months now for new spoilers and new sets to feel like real magic cards to me. So you're you're listing all these names. and I'm like, mm. these are all custom cards, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> these are well, like real no, magic so you know, cards yet. You I know, you know, true. you know
3: Rocco. You know Rafine. Yeah. Um, it's the Gale Sign of. It's the. It's it's the. Uh, you can. Instance make sorceries out of your bin and sorceries make instants oh, yeah, yeah, out of yeah, your yeah, bin. And then Sign of Halster is the black background that it's whenever you would draw a card or draw your first card each turn. Instead, you look at the top two, put one in your bin, and then draw a card. Okay. Oh, so nice. you just like, it's actually just a Is really Rocco... Good, Rocco's the... the uh, black Nia, yeah, what one, does right? that... Uh, yeah, yeah. Cost. Yeah, okay.
1: Two, three? The commander, no, so
3: the no. so the background's two, two, the commander's three, so it's a great curve, yeah. and then you just have like a bunch of really good one card one cons in the notice, deck because like, like they... any any tutor can just be great. They really want you to
1: be curving your background into your commander, like they're well costed. Yeah. cool design.
2: I'm I'm just kind of curious. um what the new rule is going to be for the, the Abzan guy, Miracle, Lord of, Lord of Bones.
4: Mm.
2: Uh, because as it's written, you can make an enchantment token copy of an instant or sorcery.
4: <laughs> eh? Wait,
2: What? <laughs> what? So when, whenever a non-token creature you control dies, you may exile it. If you oh, do, create okay. a token that's a copy of that card, except it, it's an enchantment and loses yeah. all other card types. So if you have, like, either an MDFC where the front is an instant or sorcery, or, like, yeah. a manifested uh, <laughs> instant or sorcery, you make Uh-oh. a token that's a copy of that card, except it's an enchantment. Oopsie. <laughs> so Weird. make a copy of Lightning Bolt, except it's an enchantment.
1: Weird. <laughs> I mean, it fizzles.
0: When is when is this when is the Baldur's Gate set coming out?
1: Soon. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's yeah. almost fully spoiled, right? I think yeah, it's released it on the tenth of June. June. Oh, okay. It's, it's the tenth of June.
0: Oh, so it's the it's released right as the uh, the tournament's happening. That's cool.
2: So is that release or pre-release? Oh. It is release.
4: Okay. Yeah. So, yeah Honestly, the I thought is the, uh, the
0: Neon Dynasty is... just came out yesterday, man. I swear.
3: I <laughs> yeah, no check, no checks out, checks out.
1: Um, because I swear, well, I don't know. Even a couple of years ago, we weren't just getting like secret layers every week, but now it's like we are. I don't know. Oh no, we it, never, there's
3: yeah, the the, it's the pace of content this. release has certainly increased by a ton recently.
0: Dude, spo- this the perpetual spoiler season is, is it's not it's not hell. It's just purgatory. You know, it's you're every day you're logging onto Discord and. Seems like, oh, another spoiler for a set that's, like, I, I thought we were still, when does the next set come, like, it's just, ugh, it's too much, man, it's too much. Um, but yeah, uh, let's get into the main topic of the show, which, uh, as I said earlier, is card quality. Now, it's kind of a broad topic, right? I mean, we're not really answering any particular question about card quality, we're just talking about card quality. Uh, so that's kind of what we're going to try with this this episode, because... We, we were kind of planning the show, and, uh, you know, we're like, okay, card quality, this is, there's some interesting stuff to talk about here, but, like, there's no real main uh, kind of, like, thesis that we're, we're trying to, like, push or, or kind of work towards. It's kind of just, let's have a discussion about what, you know, each of us thinks card quality is and how it's impactful and, you know, see where that takes us. So, yeah, let's, uh, let's start off with the kind of, you know, big question, which is, what is card quality? yeah, I think open the floor.
2: Sure. I, I think this is uh, a term that gets thrown around a lot with a few different meanings in a few different contexts. Um, and that sometimes creates confusion in terms of what people mean. Um, so I think generally, uh, cards that have high card quality um, will have uh, high impact on the game state, uh, a decent level of flexibility. And are easy to access, which usually just means they're easy to cast, um, but, you know, it can also, um, in, in the context of other cards, can also mean they're easy to find, or they can be recurred, or or things like that. Um, but obviously, uh, there's sort of two senses in which we can look at this, um,
0: and we'll I think we'll get into that a little bit uh, later. I mean, maybe we should get into them now, because I think they're going to be necessary for how I define card quality. Sure. I want to okay. at least touch on them a bit.
2: Sure. So I guess uh, there, there's two sorts of ways of looking at it. One is um, a, a narrow context in which you're, you're evaluating the card sort of very specifically in, you know, the deck it's in, in the types of game states that deck is looking to achieve, um, and sort of how it's going to be uh, on average... In, in that sort of situation so this means that cards that for example synergize really strongly with your commander but maybe aren't good on their own uh, would be a much high, would have a much higher card quality in a narrow context than they would in a broad context and in a broad context you're looking at uh, cards that are just often good they don't super depend on what your opponents have going on what you have going on um they're just on average, across a variety of different scenarios,
0: in a variety of different decks, going to be powerful. So <clears throat> a couple of questions. I just want to get like some kind of clarifying questions on kind of your conception. Um, so for a broad context, you know, card that is high quality, right? So obviously in, you know, we're, we're looking beyond commander specific and looking, you know, we can extend this to CDH, But you could even extend this, you know, so between, like, different checks, but you could extend this beyond that, right, to EDH as a whole or to all, you know, constructed magic formats as a whole or even limited if you wanted, about, like, which cards consistently see play in those kinds of decks for power level reasons, right? So maybe an example might be Black Lotus. You know, Black Lotus would be run in every single deck that could run it, right? Um, Or just about. Uh, Now, one thing I was thinking about when I was kind of like, you know, thinking of Black Lotus as an example is that I, I think people tend, when they use the term card quality or like this card has high card quality, they don't typically tend to um, include mana sources or like rituals in that discussion and that category, I guess. Do you think mm-hmm. that's a, uh, appropriate or, or do you think that, um, you know, they should be or shouldn't be included? What do you, what do you think?
1: I mean, well, okay. so so Rituals I think that, mana sources I feel like are very different.
0: Well, like I mean, it could be like Black Lotus or Soul Ring, right? Like that—that's that, kind of you know, like I don't think do do people say that Soul Ring is a high quality card? Would you say or? I,
4: I, I, think I think typically
0: people think when it, when they talk about card quality, usually they're referring to like, um, spells that have a a you know direct impact, um, or like like a creature or a spell or something. Not not usually, uh you know, like I said, mana sources are rituals. I think so, I would consider so I to think have a high card quality. I I, I would consider definition. them as well, but I'm curious if, if they fit under Morgan's definition. Uh I,
2: I would say I would say yes because while obviously like things like mana sources tend to fall off, like there's always, you know, someone in every discussion about Sol Ring, there's someone who will say like, Oh, well top decking it on turn eight when you're hell bent sucks. As as if that's, like... At, so, that is true. I'm not gonna, like, deny yeah. that that's true. But I think that um, the vast majority of the time, when you're drawing a card like Sol Ring, and even more, a card like Black Lotus, um, in in most assumed contexts, those cards will be useful. Sol Ring, less so. It makes colorless mana, and it costs mana to play, so it's not quite as easy... Uh, it's not quite as easy to just pass... Or, like, just, you know, play it in a turn that you were already going to do something. Whereas Black Lotus, like, only increases your options if you cast it. Um, So I would say that, like, that yes, they have decently high card quality, but not necessarily the highest card quality, because there are a bunch of times where they will be redundant, or, like, a card like Soaring in particular, you know, sort of curves awkwardly. And if we look at other mana rocks, I mean I I would say mana crypt probably has much higher card quality on average than Sol Ring just because Yeah it's it's always thing.
1: free to or you know, it's, it's free to your, weave in you know colored mana to cast it. Yeah.
2: Um and then uh like I think the, the life loss being relevant is a much less frequently is much less frequently irrelevant uh factor. Um and and yeah, I th- I, so I would say, yes, powerful mana sources would, I would say, do have high card quality. Even though they're relatively low on flexibility, I think in most contexts they have high impact, and if they're cheap, high access.
0: So, uh, kind of, maybe, maybe I was also thinking about this as you were talking, um, the term of a deck having a lot of air versus a lot of substance, is mm-hmm. that kind of a... um. Just the same kind of discussion on card quality with, you know, different terms. Because, you know, you, you could say that this deck with Black Lotus and all these rituals has a lot of air, right? Um, and then that'd be like, well, is, is, it, is that basically saying it's lacking card quality, or is that like... I know? think it depends on the context.
1: Uh, again, like, your deck has a lot of air, but no, those kind of airy cards have no particular synergy with your commander or whatever the, the context is, then definitely low card quality but otherwise like if there are contexts then
0: because maybe maybe it's right to frame the kind of these kind of uh the mana sources or rituals they're maybe they don't have necessarily high card quality themselves but they increase the card quality of cards that they let you cast something like that because Uh. right because they're they're if, if you're you know a deck full of black lotuses doesn't have high card quality, right? But black lotus into, um, Chandra, uh, Chandra four in like you know limited or constructed or something on turn one is quite strong, right? So like you've sure, increased absolutely. the card quality of or the, the the impact of Chandra by using this black lotus on it. So it's like it only as card quality or it's only high card quality when it's in combination with something else, maybe.
2: Well, well, so what I would say is that, um. I would say that that is, is abstracted into the impact of a card like Black Lotus, where the impact of Black Lotus is often you're casting an incredibly powerful spell very far ahead of curve. So that that is a high impact. Now, obviously, you then have to say, okay, but in a lot of situations, I won't be doing that. If I top deck it when it's Hellbent, it's very, when I'm Hellbent, it's very low impact. If I already have five lands in my mono red deck, it's probably pretty low impact, Um, so I think, like, a card like Black Lotus, I wouldn't say has, you know, super high card quality, and I think, you know, if you look at, if you put a ton of cards in a deck, a ton of cards like Black Lotus in a deck, you would start to see a problem at a certain point. Now, like, would I run eight of them in my CDH deck? Like, yeah, probably I would, but, you know, would I, because it's just so obscene at its at its like and and the fact that like your your commander
3: is just sort of by default a dump for that mana
2: yeah Um, i also i also think that's like an important an important factor in commander is that you generally have the context of you have a commander which increases the value of just consistently making a lot of mana Compared to other formats, where like mm. if you're playing, you know, a storm deck and your your hand is just five rituals and you don't have the mind's desire or like the tutor to go get the yagmas will to tutor again and do whatever, then like your hand does literally nothing. Whereas, you know, a card like Jeweled Lotus sees play in Commander because well,
4: hey, it also obviously- saw Legacy play, <laughs> right? <laughs> but but it, it exists. In- a
2: card like Jeweled Lotus is extremely powerful because it exists in yeah. A context where it's reasonable to assume that almost all of the time you will have a use for that mana yeah um and and so I think i mana sources don't inherently have like low or zero card quality, um uh, but I think they also are sort of capped in that you can't just have a deck you know with a, a deck with like forty black lotuses would, would start to run into problems. Okay. Pretty quickly, because
0: so because this is this is um so when we when we talked about in our pre-show um and kind of making up these notes about the terminology of narrow context versus broad context card quality, um, we were we hammered out we we were sorry we tested out a bunch of different terms and we kind of this is what we settled on as like a final agreement. But um, what you're talking about with Black Lotus, uh, kind of sounds like because to me my the way I conceptualize card quality, and I can kind of get into this uh, a bit more in a second, but it's very context dependent, and it's it's dependent on your not just like the format you're playing or your commander, like it's it's it can matter all the way down to like you know what cards have been previously in the deck, assuming you're building like a deck from uh, like one card at a time, right? Like, the first Black Lotus you add, like, the first land you add has extremely high card quality. And then as you're adding additional copies, uh, the next copy has lower and lower and lower card quality. Um, so, to me, when you're talking about the card quality of mana sources, it sounds like you're trying to kind of abstract away some of that kind of context that would be in the, inherent to, like, the individual deck construction, and more talk about it kind of, like... Broadly, so like, well, you know, because if you add forty black lotuses, uh, you get kind of diminishing returns, so that kind of impacts the overall card quality of black lotus. Instead of kind of just looking at the first copy you'd add or something. Yeah, is that I fair? guess what.
2: I, yeah, I think the way I would put it is that I would say the more assumptions you have to make, and the less sort of regular those assumptions are. Um, sorry, the like in order for a card to be good, you need. To assume certain things about the conditions, and because like no card does anything on its own, right? Like any yep. spell, if you don't have the mana to cast it, Street Wraith. I know, but whatever. Um, <laughs> sure, but that that doesn't do anything no, unless know, you're drawing into yeah. the, unless the card you draw off it is useful, right? Um, so basically, what you're what you're sort of saying is, okay, how many and how sort of unusual assumptions do I have to make for this card? to be good. And so when we look at a card like Black Lotus, it's like, well you have to have a spell that's like worth it to go neg one on card advantage to cast for 3 cheaper. Now that's not or like some set of spells. That's not a particularly high bar, I think if you yeah. look at, you know, uh, even an average 3 or 4 card hand, probably, you know, the Black Lotus is is going to be pretty decent. At least up until, like, you know, maybe turn 4 or turn 5. Especially in Commander, where you do have that that functional mana sync. So, yes, I would say I am trying to abstract away... Um, I'm trying to abstract away the uh, the discussion of, like, what happens when you have 40 Black Lotuses. Precisely by sort of saying... What are the sort of contexts where Black Lotus is bad? How often you know are you encountering those contexts and then sort of trying to to average that out um,
0: yeah cuz to me i think and and i can use this as a segue into my conception of card quality it's it's kind of um could you could you kind of agree that that this is a snare that could happen as a result of so um your 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 deck and your the way you you define card quality Imagine a let's 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 think like you know sixty card or something. Um, so you you build a deck of cards that just all have very high kind of let's say inherent card quality or whatever, right? So it's you know abstract the con uh, abstracted away from the context. Um, they're not super dependent on things. They're just kind of high average card quality. Uh, compare that to a deck that has a bunch more of these uh, uh, more narrow cards right uh that Mm -hmm. would have on average lower card quality so maybe it's something like black lotuses and some spell to cast off of it you know maybe chandra four is a higher card quality card so we can pick some other example whatever doesn't really matter uh and you could compare these two you know you could face them head to head or you could you know duel them against a, a gauntlet of other decks uh it's possible that the deck that has higher average card quality is going to perform worse um than the other deck right
2: sure i mean there's obviously you know when you when you put yourself in the specific context of what decks you're playing against um then then a lot of those evaluations can change sure but imagine uh, imagine
0: if it's not just specific decks imagine it's like a sample of every deck from the meta right and you're running it through the gauntlet you know all the way down to tier 3 right uh, you could you could according to your definitions because you're talking more about the specific cards and not how they kind of interact as a whole um, it's not weird to say that you know the card quality pile could very easily lose to a deck that's not you know built in the, the same way right it's like more black lotuses more swingy cards of lower average card quality that, that 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 still might perform better into the broad meta
2: possibly that's not yeah, because, yeah, that's, because except, uh, yeah okay i, so I then, think i think you, when you say i think a good word that we haven't touched on is like you you said the word swingy and i think that that um is also like uh when we're talking about broad context we're talking about cards that like gener like high qual high card quality in a broad context we're talking about cards that are like pretty good in a lot of situations
0: well well, we're so so what we're kind of we were pre-show we were using the we were talking about distributions right sure um so if if the distribution is like over every single possible gameplay context for a card right so it's like this is what the the power level of the card when it has you know in this very specific game state and you do that across every single possible game state um if the power level is very like concentrated around you know a, a similar level and you know it might be like a, a more narrow distribution whereas like the uh cards that are swingier might be like have just one massive spike um and then be like dead for the rest of it but on average uh they could these two different distributions that you know that look completely different could have the same kind of average uh power level right just on, yeah, based I- off the number of occurrences of the different game states
2: yeah i would say you probably want to weight the like you want to weight the game states by sort of how likely they are. Yeah, 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 to yeah, to yeah, exist, certainly. but but yes, I would I would agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, um, I would even
1: say to a certain point when like the context just gets too narrow, card quality becomes like even less important. Basically, right? Like I think card quality like is the great. Broad concept of
3: card quality. Yeah, yeah. I think it's
1: a, I think it's an important concept to consider, um, like generally speaking when building a deck, but when you know let's just say i narrow my context down to like magda and i'm comparing the card quality of each dwarf it's like that's not particularly meaningful for to evaluate those cards with with that
0: i disagree and so this this can kind of segue me into the into my conception of card quality which is i and and pre-show or like when we were kind of working on whether or not we want to discuss this topic um i was a bit hesitant because at least the way i kind of view card quality I think is kind of inherently uninteresting. Um, I think Morgan's view or Morgan's view is more than norm and how people normally do it. But to me, it's like card quality is uh, a, a card as you're building a deck from you know from scratch, right? And let's say you've got a particular idea or, or theme or something that you're trying to meet this deck. So my commander is Magda and I want to make it as strong as possible. Um the deck should be 99 cards that are the highest card quality like or that that's basically how i define card quality which is the cards i would make the optimized list for the particular idea that you're going for you know so they meet whatever stipulations you have um though those cards should be the, the and obviously we're never going to build a deck so you can't say that you know the the ddb uh magda list or whatever is like um the highest card quality because i mean it's made by a person and so we're, we're not going to achieve the like platonic ideal of um card quality in in our deck construction but for me it's like uh the first dwarf you add is actually pretty high card quality because it's when you're considering the consistency and reliability of having magda in play and what it does for your with all the synergies in your deck i view that as a high quality card so yeah. that's why i think my my conception is a bit uninteresting it's like you know the the swingy cards like black lotus uh well you know Maybe it's bad if you have 40 Black Lotuses or something and, and no other, nothing to actually cast with them. But when you're looking at just the card quality in the context of Magda or, you know, in, in EDH, you know, you're only going to have one Black Lotus. So uh, most of the time it's going to be very, very high card quality.
1: Um, yeah, I think I, we actually kind of agree a little bit. Um, basically, like, in this context, it's, you know, as you put it, I guess, uninteresting. Um, Which is why I brought yeah, up Magda in the first place. Like, um, once it gets to the point where it's just so obvious how good the card is in a particular context, and especially when it comes to your commander, like that's that influences the rest of possible like ways to kind of narrow it down, right? Then it's just not useful anymore. It's like it's just oh, so. I just think it's obvious. actually
0: not useful to talk about cards outside of context to try and abstract away the context. It's like. You know we could we could debate, um, and you know people have debated what's the strongest card in Magic ever printed, right? And you know there's there's a fun little cheeky argument about uh, Luris because Luris has been banned from basically every <laughs> single format, and it's also been banned after being eroded to cost three more mana. So uh, yeah, it's like you know that could maybe be the strongest one of the strongest Magic cards ever printed. Um, but Luris is only powerful when you consider the context that it requires to to build it right? Like, you have to build, you have to do certain concessions to build a Luris deck. So if you're looking at Luris in the abstract, it's like, uh, okay, well, this card, if it can't be my companion, then it's just it's kind of stinky. Well, it's not stinky, but it's like, it's not, it's not as good, but you know, it's, it's not terrible either. But uh, yeah, you, you need the context to kind of really evaluate the card. Talking about a card independent of context, like, yeah, Oko is a great card, kind of more or less independent of context. But it's still better and worse. It still fluctuates depending on the deck it's in, right? So, like, you, you should still. It's possible that even though Oko is like one of the best cards ever, that you know, in your, what let's say mono white deck, the next white drop, or the next, uh, you know, cheap white creature is going to be better than Oko because of the context. Like it just doesn't. To me, it doesn't make sense to ignore context when evaluating cards. So,
2: so yeah, mm-hmm. th- this is why I think I. I, this is why I was sort of trying to come up with a definition that doesn't say we're ignoring context because yeah obviously it you know in a true vacuum no magic card does anything yeah no 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 so but but I'm but I'm like, more
0: saying there's no point in looking even in the broader context it's no there's no point in saying you know abrupt decay unless you're t- dealing with like bans right unless you're trying to manage something like uh I want to ban this card because it's too prevalent in a bunch of decks and it's leading to like same gameplay patterns across a bunch of different decks or maybe the power level is too high or something for the format that we're trying to curate. But like there's, who cares that Oko is like a strong card overall. What I care about it is whether or not it's strong in the deck that I'm trying to make. So yeah, I actually,
2: I actually agree somewhat that I think the concept of broad card quality isn't actually a particularly useful one, um, which I think is sort of seeing as I think that is what people mean when they say card quality um and it is used i think that's sort of why i wanted to talk about it because i think i think at least to a degree you're right that um a lot of hay is actually made about card quality that that maybe doesn't make a lot of sense you know when we when we start to think about it um putting you know putting cards that are like just generically good but making your deck, you know, slower and more clunky um in order to do it, like, sure, you're not you're not actually making anything better um by doing that. Yeah. And 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 so I I guess I would say your conception of card quality is is useful, but not particularly interesting. Yeah. And the the broad context I think is interesting, but not particularly useful.
0: It's a fun conversation topic to talk about what the strongest magic card ever printed was, or if Oko is better than Lurus. But it's not useful, <laughs> really, at all. I think, there's a, good, uh, I think yeah. there's a
1: point where you can kind of get fun and useful. And actually, I think it's kind of specific to CEDH in, a, in, in some ways. But uh, in CEDH, I feel like there actually are some broad contexts like broad enough contexts that come up very frequently just based on the how the the game is played in this format um where and every deck basically needs to compete in these contexts so like an example is um i think a very common context is someone's trying to win and another player has open mana like there were cards that like are very good in that particular context and that's a pretty broad context I think most decks basically have to play that game.
0: But um, you, even then you're still you're still when you're evaluating a card for your deck, right? You're saying, what are the common contexts that I'm going to run into and is this card going to be good in them? So some yeah, cards like... certainly are good across in multiple decks because they they are just kind of independently good in these contexts and aren't actively synergistic with your commander or something. But even then you're still just doing the same thing, which is looking at your commander and your strategy and still you're still performing the evaluation with all the other contexts and not just looking at that uh, more broad context. Right? Like, e- even when you're in order to make it useful, you have to still uh, incorporate the more uh, narrow context around your individual deck or your personal meta or whatever.
1: Hmm. Um, well, I guess it saves you from literally looking at every single card every single time you want to make a new deck <laughs> <Right>.
0: yeah <laughs> no there, there's there's certainly some shorthands right like you, you can make a, a a short list of cards that are you know common players and maybe that's sort of i don't even i don't even necessarily think that's useful because i think it, it leads to you know stapleitis, right where people are like well why isn't this deck running all of these staples it's like well you need to evaluate the staple individually every time when you're going to the deck again i mean you don't you you can build a functional deck without doing that you can just build staple pile and not have to think about every card individually but if you're trying to optimize you really should be looking at every card individually
1: yeah but that being said i think like so you can basically approach it from two ways right um you can kind of you could you can try to start with the broad contexts which i think which is kind of basically my argument or you can start with the very narrow ones and I think if you start with the broader context and then introduce like basically one um, condition, let's just say it's Magda, you're overall asking fewer questions when you build your deck. Like you're, you're, yeah, you're basically asking fewer questions per card when you build your deck. Where in the opposite sense, like you, you have to consider so much for a particular card, I, I feel like you couldn't be productive as a deck builder. I couldn't imagine mm-hmm. being productive as a deck builder like you know, justifying us every single narrow context every single time I have to put a card in the deck.
0: <laughs> well, you certainly don't you don't justify every single narrow context, right? If we're talking about the the throwback to like the distributions discussion where uh you know, Morgan said you're the, the scenarios are weighted based on their prevalence, right? Uh it, to me it'd be something very similar here where you're just uh you're you're only evaluating the extremely common context. You can't, you know. Otherwise, we'd be perfect deck builders if we could evaluate every single context. Um, wait, are you saying we're not? Yeah, uh, I mean, wait, wait a second. So yeah, actually, so if you want a see C perfect deck list? You know, you can check out our mox fields.
3: <laughs> I think I think something else that sort of goes in this evaluation is that like, um, I I think I think maybe a misconception here is that like linden's tell you to do all of this in the initial building of the deck whereas like the actual answer to how this iteration happens is that like typically you put together an initial version of the deck and then actually playing games is part of the deck building process and then those games inform what cards you need to look at to be like okay is this actually a staple in this deck well every and then you go everything back in deck building, building is deck. a question
0: right or is a hypothetical or a Hypothesis, I guess, is a better way right. To say. But, but, I, but I'm
3: saying is that uh, what I'm saying is that, like, it like you don't do all of this evaluation in a vacuum, in just like I'm just deck building and I'm never going to play a game with this deck. I'm just trying to get it like to the best that it can be without actually playing any games. It's like, no, you're gonna build an initial version of the deck based on whatever your like personal, um, deck building process is, and then like part part of the process is that. Like there are external factors that make you reconsider "quote unquote" staples.
0: Well, I, th- I think that it really is just um, becoming more informed as a player um, is what's happening when you're testing, right? Like, there's right. no, in no, there's no. It's it's a practical concession, not a. But uh, but it
3: also well, but it also gives you it also gives you the specific contexts for that
4: exactly. Deck yeah, that it you, tells you what the likely. contexts that are that are actually you're yeah. gonna run into yeah. are.
1: Yeah. That you God, should come be considering. On. You missed the part where we said we're the perfect deck builders. Who needs to play decks <laughs> when we yeah. already know that they're great?
0: <laughs> so, Reed, what's your kind of takes on
3: card quality? Um, I personally, I think the term is, uh, I-, I think card quality is a great descriptor for like an existing deck list. I'm not a particularly huge fan of using it to actually describe individual cards. Like, I. I, in that I would say, like, I wouldn't say that a given card is a high quality card. That just sounds wrong to me. I would say that a deck has high card quality.
0: So that that's actually kind of interesting because I was, I was also thinking about, because to me, every deck should be a card quality pile. It should be the highest possible card quality um, mm. within your its so, constraints, yeah. like I said earlier. But one thing that I was thinking about, you know, what really differentiates, because, you know, I can... I understand what someone means, of, oh, I've got this card quality pile. I know exactly what they mean, right? Even though that doesn't align with my definition necessarily.
4: Yeah. And what so, I think like, that I, is,
0: is I think I, it's just, yeah. it means that their, their card quality, all it's talking about is the distribution, the shape of the distribution for the card quality within their deck, right? So a card quality pile is uh, a very kind of more uh, consistent, narrow distribution, right?
3: Yeah, which is sort of where another differentiating factor comes in where like because it it it's sort of like this cascading effect of like <laughs> the like I I feel like the probably you guys have defined card quality in a way such that you can apply a metric of card quality to an individual card on its own and then like apply context to that and get scores out of it at the other end or just like like a rough eye, like not even like necessarily scores or like anything like that but like you can you could in in your each of your, um, I guess specifically yours and Morgan's definitions, you could theoretically like derive the quality of a card from a set of um, circumstances. Whereas yeah, at least, like you could like, at
0: least hierarchically place yeah, one above another. Sort of, yeah, sort yeah. of where
3: I, where I function from is just like it's it's not the cards don't make the quality; the deck makes the quality together. Um, which means that like I I don't really have the same view of like every deck is a high card quality deck because it's more like for me it's like well the card quality of a deck is like more like less about like the individual while well, this card is powerful in like this deck this card is powerful in this deck this card is powerful in this deck and it's more about like just if you just draw, like, any of these cards at, like, in, like, any reasonable situation, just, like, how applicable is it? Like, are, are you actually, like, willing to cast this card? Can you cast this card? Does it, like, put you ahead in game plan? um, Rather than, of- like, specific synergies. So, like... Like, a deck full of card draw ramp removal and, like, a very limited win-con package is a high-card-quality deck to me, whereas, like, a deck that heavily relies on synergies for its cards to actually do things would not be a high-card-quality deck to me.
0: But So that's, that doesn't seem sound necessarily different. It just sounds, like, very similar to what Morgan was describing. Um... Right? It just... It, you just said that it, it only applies to the entire deck, though. I, I do kind of want to, like... I want to get a bit of like ship of theseus on you here and like yeah sure what's up how do you like if if the deck is what has high card quality and none of the cards yeah like you start plucking away individual cards from the deck at what point right. like you eventually you, you're, you're taking away things that are high card quality and that are giving the deck the high card quality right right
3: and then it stops being high card quality when you take those cards out of it like yeah, so if then I, those I cards take, are I high take...
0: card high card high card quality cards
3: in that deck yes <laughs>
0: But you don't if think that makes and, sense. And so you don't think that's those they're, they're kind of like, those are the kind of cards that people would call high core, high core. Kyle, oh my God, this is a tongue twister, high <laughs> card quality in other decks, right? Like you start taking out, um, so you said it's, uh, ramp card draw
4: interaction. Uh, th- those were, were mostly just examples, but like, just, I mean, like those are good that, broad categories. Well, no, no right? that,
3: that, I was sort of describing what I would call a high card quality deck. Um, which, like, the prototypical example of is obviously like Restimna, But, um, so if you
0: took all the counter spells out of that deck, is it high card quality?
3: Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it could still be high car, card quality, sure. It, like, depends on what you're replacing them with, right? Like,
0: it's just an 80 card deck or 90 card deck or whatever
3: sure, yeah, fine. It's still high card quality. You could basically strip most of this stuff out of like it's it's hard when you're like not replacing What what it is, with what anything, is right? when
0: what have you removed? So what what is left that isn't a high card quality pile? So obviously if it's just completely non-functional, right? If you take out all the lands. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah,
3: like the lands it ceases <laughs> well, no no, I wouldn't if you took all the lands out of a Thrassius Timna deck, I wouldn't call that not high card quality. I would call it not a deck. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that's certainly fair. <laughs> Wait, i am uh, curious under your
2: definition are yeah are manadorks generally high card quality
3: uh no i i i think uh i think probably uh ramp would reduce card quality in general um yeah actually probably saying ramp during that initial um, descriptor of a deck was probably a bad idea but g- yeah for the most part like i wouldn't call um ramp high card quality like for the most part, here I'll I'll give you a much, much more narrow definition. That's it's so like
0: insane to me. A heart That is also insane to me heart yeah.
1: Yeah. A high
3: like... I in in my opinion, a high card quality deck is a deck where basically a large number of your cards produce two for ones or greater.
0: <laughs> okay, that feels way too good. But narrow. almost nothing produces two for ones in So CDH. like yeah, like
3: But but like the C D H equivalent of a two for one, like it produces value outside of itself. Um
0: okay but then you're then how does yeah (laughs) like it it (laughs) produces it produces like abstract it produces like card in like advantage outside
3: of itself
2: so what do you mean by outside Um, so like so like most interaction is low card quality
3: uh yeah so this is where like the my internal definition gets a bit weird in that like i i wouldn't call interaction high card quality but i would call it like required for a deck to function.
4: <laughs> what? Like
3: I, I, I think that like you like card quality and the goodness of a deck are probably separate. Where like you can have a very high card quality deck that sucks because it doesn't play a lot of the cards that you just need to play in order to be competitive in CDH. Is this finally the episode that gets Lyndon and I
0: agreeing that Reed's take is whack? <laughs> yeah, no, probably. but that, that was your take as well, Morgan. Wait, right? because at... I'd said the. No, 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 that's not, <laughs> yeah. not your take identically, no. but you, you're you we'd, we'd we kind of agreed that um, you can have a deck that has high card quality that's less powerful than the more synergistic build, right? And then we'd kind of uh said that it was like, yeah, a, yeah it was like I'm not sure that's not the part that's that wack about
3: Reed's take. But... Yeah, yeah.
0: There you go. Are you?
3: Are you, what, what? 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 do you think is whack? So the whack part is that the interaction th- is, is that, low that card it's, it's <laughs> low
0: card quality. It's just necessary for it to function yeah. or be a deck. I think is yeah.
3: The...
0: No, that is interaction being yeah. No, no. There, there, There is. There is. I find a lot of Reed's takes on this particular <laughs> subject to be actually completely whack.
3: Yeah, because it's also because I don't really like. I. I don't really use like card quality is a term like internally when i'm describing things
0: i mean i think i think that's something that we've so kind of like pointed out. out that
3: that card
0: quality is like you can define it and like it's just not it's not a particularly useful term right it's not it's not a very informative term you're not going to get a yeah, yeah
3: yeah that that's sort of like yeah it's sort of where i end up with it where like i know a card quality deck when i see it and i'll call it that but it's more really more of a descriptor than like a
2: okay <laughs>
3: Like it's a descriptive term rather than a prescriptive term, and I really don't use it in a productive manner when I'm actually discussing card evaluation or deck okay. evaluation with people. Tr-
2: <laughs> try this try this on for size. I think actually a lot of the problem with the usage of the term card quality is that like people have often used it to mean the sort of broad context uh card quality. Like Reed's example of a high card quality deck is like Timna. Um and when that discourse was being developed that deck was also just really good right like like thrasher's to midrange was really good and <laughs> yeah. it had what people generally agree to be high card quality and so now people use high card quality like with the implication that that means it's good and that's not necessarily true like i'm not saying thrasher's to yeah. midrange is a bad deck but like at the time it you know often i think at the time it was arguably like some some variant of thrasios timna was almost certainly the best deck and like that sort of card quality pile people have now assumed that anything that you can describe as a card quality pile must be like that
0: but i also think that like people have been calling things card quality piles way before thrasios timna it's not like this is a new term that's exclusive to cdh Right, people have been using applying the same term to decks for a lot longer than you know, CDH has been around. Um, One thing I think that's um, maybe kind of interesting in the context of how people use it in CDH and maybe how they use it more broadly is that um, I think it's often shorthanded to just be like this deck doesn't have a lot of dead cards, you know, like what makes Thrasios Timna such a high card quality deck. Well, it's got a really efficient win condition package in console Thrasy, uh, console Uh, Oracle. eh, I mean, right? uh, Which means you can put cards that are like more, that aren't dedicated to making you win, that are like, oh, I want to put these cards in because they're good, they're efficient uh, interaction or they're good value engines or they're cards you want to run because you want to run them, not because you have to run them. Uh, for your wind condition package. I like, guess- Like, Titans totally are not- They're- you're, You have to run them. They're not- But the-
3: But like- uh, I don't
1: know. That,
0: it's-
3: dead. Like, sort of- I, I- I don't, like, use it like- Yeah, it has, like, efficient wind cons so you can use that space for other stuff. Because, like, every- Like, almost every color has, like, card efficient wind cons that it can play. That like make space for card quality, like. But
0: I mean, also, I think one of the things is that the efficient win cons in this case also happen to not be like
3: terrible, right? Like, but, I mean, but, and also like, some decks okay, and but often you can lots also, of decks you are also running play, more like, Kin Monolith or Isochron Reversal, Dramatic Reversal, or. But the, like, they're also
0: less colors, which means you have less options to choose from for your high quality cards, right?
2: No, I think you're saying like as your win con in Thraseus Timna. No, no. no
0: but yeah but i, oh, like, I wouldn't i, see, I, I see. wouldn't say that then but but canon and basalt are less high card quality than Thorical i mean console right
3: okay well, no no, we're not getting into this discussion sorry we're not but i think it's I, an
2: irrelevant discussion because like if the other 96 cards yeah. are the same it's still roughly the same card quality you no know? like uh, uh, unless yeah, sure. Like,
0: sure i wouldn't say that the deck is suddenly not a card quality pile because you're running kin basalt but i mean i think it also helps with Thorical that you are running very
3: few dead cards because, you know... Right, but Kin and Basalt runs the same amount of dead cards, is what I'm saying. Like, it, like I, don't, yeah. I don't like defining the card qualityness of a pile by the win-cons. Like, that's not... It's, it's all well, the cards surrounding the win-cons. No, I thought I was it was the, the
2: number of dead but, cards yeah. involved in the win-con. Like, Kinn Basalt isn't, isn't, like, much better or worse in terms of card quality than, than Oracle Consult
1: but, but like if you're, running,
2: contact, if you're running if you're running like an alluring chain that has like where you're playing like a five or six card package that wins you the game with a recruiter well, like Van is whatever, example like, yeah. then that's lower card quality and it's purely just about the amount of cards really it's about the amount of cards that you can't replace without uh, like you can't replace with a card that doesn't have a similar effect like, you can replace Mana Drain with yeah. a Removal Spell or another Tutor or whatever, and the deck still functions. Like, you can replace Thoracle with Lab Man or Jace, sure, but, like, that's a similar effect. And with the Titans and Gitrog, yeah, obviously if they printed better Shufflers, then you'd play those. But you can't replace yeah. them with, like, the next Removal Spell or the next Tutor. Like, the deck straight up just ceases to function.
0: Yeah, I, well, and so this is this is, again, this isn't necessarily how I view card quality i think this is just might be how people kind of use the term um and, and again you know i think i mentioned earlier but people aren't you know using the term and and defining everything super rigorously and like coming to common ground when they're talking about it's like that's not how communication works right people use terms and there's kind of like a nebulous meaning that's derived from you know how people interpret it as a collective or whatever right and i think that's you know part of how people are using it which is just you know more or less referring to the amount of dead cards in the deck and then um also partially you know how many colors your deck has because then you get access to more cards to kind of you know instead of just running lightning bolts if you're in mono red you can run uh, actual good removal spells just as an example
1: i think i would make a slight alteration to your wording like rather than saying the U.S. dead cards i'd probably say the most active cards slight difference to me it's like same difference yeah. right
2: i, I actually I, I i do think there is a I distinction there
1: when you think about yeah. it as the few dead cards you're kind of like vacuuming the card where when you say it kind of the most active cards then you're also kind of taking into account the synergy a little bit i, like I also i think subtle. calling okay. like
2: sure. few as dead cards is also kind of a binary distinction like a card is either dead or it's not whereas most active is more of a gradient where like dead cards are obviously the least active but there's still nuance in cards that aren't dead that can be more or less active
0: But this feels like we're just substituting active. If we're trying to talk about the gradients of how active a card is, it just feels like we're substituting in the word active for card quality.
4: Which is just like a circular definition at that point, right?
1: Well, active like relates a bit more to the game in a playstyle way than quality does, right? Like you can, like, active is more of an intuitive word, at least in my mind, than quality.
0: I think it's probably a better term certainly, you know, in the context of looking at a game of magic and a card being active, you know, that, that, that you know, certainly makes sense and as and, uh, a better term to use than card quality, but I feel like the term card quality and active are serving the same purpose here, even if active is, you know, a better descriptor. Yeah. Great. Um, but yeah. Uh, so that was Reed's point, Matt, did you have any um, differences or wh- where do you kind of fall on this card quality alignment chart?
1: Honestly saying the most active cards in your in your deck is probably the closest you'll get to what my actual um thought of it is. Um I, I would say basically like I'd probably go more into active and basically say like there's a bunch of, you know, kind of mini games in a game of C D H like, you know, your opening hand, choosing your opening hand, mm-hmm. um, your first couple turns trying to combo, like, you know, being in a stacks board, like, you know, those very probable outcomes in a game where um you would basically judge your cards as being active um in all the in all these different scenarios
4: isn't
0: this kind of like quadrant theory i've heard this before from like i think it was like a i heard this on the command zone years ago and they were referencing like i think some pro player who had um outlined this theory about like opening hand early game mid game, late game or, or like I mean, when you're or you when you're behind ahead, head
1: at parity or something like that um which is, yeah. Yeah, and the and even the plethora of, like, minute little yeah. scenarios, like the opponent to your left has more mana, or has open mana, and you're trying to combo, basically, right? Um, and I think, you know, you obviously can't, like, gather and consider all of these contexts, but you can take, you know, extremely large portions, and I think that's where most people mm. intuitive, intuitively derive quality. And it's, like, you know, in the vast, large portions, like, especially, you know, choosing your opening hand, like, you can very easily attribute quality to how well a card works that way that's why ramp is so that's why i think ramp is high quality because your opening hand is like such an important part of um the game such a like yeah so these as far as contributing to your win it's like one of the biggest
0: these scenarios or micro games are all weighted then right you're you're weighting different things differently right Yeah. yeah yeah
1: and it could depend on the deck which is obviously unique to CEH because you get a starting set. Of so cards
0: then, would you back. say because you would say a card is more or less active? Um, you know, as a depending on the the, you know, you could say one card is more active than another um, based off how the kind of all these different scenarios weighted. You know, for whatever they should be weighted, um, how how right. active it is in each of these. So you could you could kind of do that. You could. Uh, I yeah. So. Okay. So then, like, we're I basically you, uh, in uh, agreement might, on I think our definitions of card quality, basically. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Right on. <laughs> so now that we now that we've laid everyone's individual definitions, uh, let's talk about how important card quality is. Uh, I guess, you know, we we've defined it. Let's let's is it applicable? And I feel like we've already sort of answered this in saying that um. The way that people use it at least i think uh you know most of us are on the same page that the way people use it is not uh not very useful um but if we're using our own definitions of card quality how important is it uh so i'll start with myself i think card quality is the most important thing because you know i think every deck should be trying to maximize its card quality um every deck should be a card quality pile of the highest quality cards possible um so yeah it's quite important um but how useful is it to consider yeah. card quality as people broadly put it um i don't think that useful maybe just as like a uh heuristic to come up with a list of cards that are general are generally pretty good and applicable in lots of different scenarios
1: i yeah i oh, go ahead i can uh i can go next i suppose um, I think I largely agree. I would just add, and I've I've already mentioned this, uh, that it's also pretty important to be like an, an efficient deck builder because then you don't have to reconsider the you know the, the whole pool of cards again. Um, but you are, as Blaine said, trying to strive for like, you know, the card quality pile.
4: Mm-hmm. Morgan Reed. So read. so I think I think actually
2: partially the like the discourse around card quality because there there was a time when that was like that was like how people tried to flex almost in the ch community and i think it might have been a little bit more important um when this the community was as a whole was like a little bit less mature in its uh in its brewing and i think you saw people with like you know very expansive wincon packages or like synergy pieces that were kind of just a pipe dream or uh or things like that where um where you know the idea of going okay what is it that's actually necessary for this deck to sort of function and then the rest you know you can replace with stuff that's easy to use you know more interaction more tutors and card draw and ramp and things like that um, were that was an important step that had to happen. I think if you look at CDH deck circa 2015, there are a lot of cards in there that you go like that. That can't be right. Um, or maybe maybe earlier, but you know, not that long ago. And I think it's become a little bit less relevant as these heuristics are now like more ingrained. People understand like, okay, how do I build my win con package? focusing on keeping the number of cards in my wincon package down to a minimum effective amount is actually important and something i have to consider um so yes it is important but i think it's sort of it's now
4: become more a matter of habit that doesn't need to be addressed as explicitly hmm um, I do think, you know, regarding wind con packages and stuff, that um,
0: people, it, it, I mean, obviously it's a very tough thing to balance. Um, like, if you're trying to uh, draw them, if you need to draw your wind condition uh, naturally, you know, having the right amount of density of ways to find it. So, if you've got, if you're in black, you've got enough tutors. So, you probably don't need to go super deep on redundancy. Maybe you want a redundant wind condition in case one of your pieces gets exiled or something. But, I see some people like talking about like triple redundancy for wind conditions or like, you know, running things like Rift Sweeper. I was like, oh, what if my thing gets extracted or gets like I get wheeled and then DRS or something? It's like, guys, relax. Uh, It's I I, I think there's people are leaning too much into that um, often. And really, yeah, it it is about maintaining a uh, tight, not, you know, super redundant, uh, sorry, not too redundant um, wind condition package. But, you know, it does vary deck to deck, right? If you have a a Magda in the Command Zone where you're tutoring your win condition, um, it's pretty easy to just make your win condition package super tight and not run a ton of A plus Bs. Like, I think the the kind of throwback to the 2015, um, as you were talking about, everyone was, there was like, you know, three or four A plus B combos in some decks, right? Like, people were, were running at so many A plus Bs. And then, you know, we got into the era of like, Oh, like the layered combos, right? I mean, layering is, is a really important aspect to incorporate redundancy um, or make your deck more resilient to to removal. If you have three pieces that each mutually form like an A plus B, um, well, that's better than running two separate A plus Bs, right? Um, so that, that that was a kind of evolution in you know reducing and tightening the wind condition package and then kind of overall increasing the card quality. But it's it is definitely still like from a deck building perspective, not trivial to kind of figure out how much of um, how deep you want to go into kind of redundancy and whatnot. I
3: I think a lot of that though is also just the immaturity of the CH community in terms of um, building decks to actually win games or have a high win percentage. Um, unfortunately, um, like it's sort of a separate problem. But I think a lot of that is actually like more due to um, a lot of people and this isn't, sorry, this isn't a dig at anybody in the CDH community or anything it's just like there's there's um, there are I think principles from especially like building decks for um, like competitive 1v1 magic in a lot of ways that um, haven't fully been accepted by a lot of uh, people who are building CDH decks. I mean, rightfully so if they're not like building it for tournament they or like whatever, like, leagues or something, but just the idea that you don't have to have an out to everything, or the idea that you can just have losing matchups and that's okay, is, like, I'm not sure that's sort of fully set yet into the collective uh, consciousness of the CH meta. Like, just the idea that, like, there are some matchups for a deck, or some situations for a deck even, which I think is probably more apt for CDH, where it's, like, yeah, I mean, if I play like the example being like in um, like a one v one format, it's like yeah, I just I just lose to burn. I I'm not even wasting deck slots trying to shore up that matchup. I, there's nothing in the sideboard for it. I just lose to it. And I, I don't think I don't think there's that level of acceptance well- yet in the CDH community at large. Well, I think a lot of a lot like, of it comes Yeah, like just I just, I just lose games, to this right? I just lose to this situation. Like I I'm, I'm not going to put cards into my deck to try to like weigh against that. I just I lose to it. I just accept that and I'm just I'm just going to play the game and hope I, that I, I don't run into that situation. Uh, see, I think that that's advice
2: that isn't actually particularly applicable to CDH. Like conceptually, yes, should you have an out to like literally absolutely everything in your deck? No, of course not. But I think that it's like Kind of dangerous to compare something like uh, a matchup and how little variance there is in that in sixty card, to like the situations of C D H. Oh,
3: so I certainly think, I certainly think that there's a larger window of playable cards in C D H in terms of like there's 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 more. There's more wiggle room for including like silver bullets and cars that are uh, good in um, specific situations just to get yourself out of them. But I like, I do think that like a lot of. The community is still at a point of like, yeah, and I need an out to this, and I need an out to this, and what if I get wheeled? And then, well, well like, so Arrest I think in played, CDH, like, it's less like, about matchups like and
0: more about, yeah, specific situations. Well, that's what I was yeah. saying is
3: that, like, it doesn't, it doesn't, tra- like, the matchup stuff doesn't transfer directly, but it's sort of like, it, it's similar in the way that, like, you can have sort of a set of common situations that come up in a set of, like, uncommon situations, and sometimes you just sort of have to concede that some of the unconscious, uncommon situations you just lose to.
0: Yeah. Like a stacks piece plus Sylvan safekeeper, you know, not many people are running uh board wipes or at least people are running less board wipes now than they used to years ago. Um, so, you know, that's a situation that, you know, you won't be able to address in your deck potentially. And you know, that sucks. But uh, if you, if that's something you're not going to run into all that often, then you shouldn't be putting in cards uh, specifically for that. But you know, if that is something that you run into often or you're like, Could you I want to target creature decks, um, you know, then run often. Deluge, you know. I
2: play with
3: Reed,
0: so
4: <laughs> Oh my god <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, yes. Um Cool.
0: So we've talked about broad context and narrow context card quality. Um but what about kind of just more other generic contexts
4: um, in terms of card quality? Is there anything else worth discussing here? Hmm. I mean we Take can we some- can cut this because I feel like some of the stuff was probably touched on. Yeah. Um
1: but what about card quality in my ad nauseum deck? Okay, so I've reduced the CMC nice. down to total CMC down to five. Okay, I only have ad nauseum. No, one. no,
2: no, no, six. Right? You need the six. ad nauseum. I can draw my whole deck. Yeah, you but... need you need the you need the mana bond. It's exactly. six
3: because
1: it's ad bond. Yeah.
3: Yep. To put in all right. the gates plus deserted temple and then untap the basis <laughs> end and retap it, <laughs> which for the for the record, I I don't know if we're gonna keep this in in the episode. For the record, I did ping uh I did ping Shaper about earlier because he I I we had a discussion a couple of days ago about he was like. Yeah, I'll I'll update AdBond Nano, when, or AdBond, when we get, like, an actual land-based WinCon, and they officially spoiled the rest of the gates. today. <laughs> you know, it's just like, yeah. hey, Shaper, <laughs> land-based WinCon, get on it. <laughs> but I
0: mean, you could already do that, right? Isn't
3: there um, already... There's enough gates? Yeah, but the gates sort of sucked, and the new ones are much better for they
0: what they They are much do. better. The <laughs> new ones are way better. Dude, yeah. that one treasure gate? It's actually it awesome. Sick. Um, but yeah, so, I don't think we're... Everything else under the context... Anyone care about? Yeah, I think we're good. No. Um, and then is there anything, any other kind of like super points that we want to talk about or address?
4: Nope.
3: I, I This is what I was saying. I, th- I think we actually mostly wrap up after we all get our opinions out and sort of do a wrap up here. Because I think we're pretty much good to just move into gut
4: checks and listener questions. Okay. Well, you know, we've defined card quality and we've talked about how important
0: it is. Um, But honestly, there's not too, too much left for us to give our opinions on, or at least, you know, we kind of conferred and there was... um, that That's kind of it for what we wanted to talk about. Uh, If, you know, any of the listeners have... uh, want want us to address further points or want to kind of carry on this discussion, we'd all be happy to um, on our Discord server. the invite link for which is in the youtube slash podcast description um so definitely join and, and talk to us there but that wraps it up for this topic which means we can move on to everyone's favorite topic
4: or segment <laughs> gut check gut check gut check morgan Get bring check. in the energy as always
0: much appreciated um as always so i've I've got my i'm gonna go into my gut check secret times two uh hush emoji no peeking folder on our discord server uh to pull out my gut check unfortunately i think this was spoiled by everyone because they they disregarded that it said no peeking and peeked anyway. Okay, all right. Here we go. Notifications
1: just start popping up on my phone about I don't know something about a ketchup bottle. All right, and then uh, I muted the channel that it was coming okay, from. Okay, okay. So anything past ketchup bottle is is good
2: yeah. Way. Honestly, Lita, this is kind of on you for not giving yeah. us a chance a chance <laughs> or, to mute
1: or the really just giving us advance notice no, at all, <laughs> or just
0: putting the channel anywhere <laughs> yeah. into the server at <laughs> <and> all. <laughs> uh, anyway. Uh, This week's gut check is something I was pondering uh, very, very uh, seriously while enjoying a meal. And that is, which mayo is the best mayo? And and this is, uh, I've got, I listed some options of chipotle mayo, garlic mayo, or sriracha mayo. I mean, I guess you could say, like, you know, regular mayo, but... You're a lunatic. I mean, garlic if you say garlic
3: that. mayo isn't really yeah. a mayo, there, right? It's more of an aioli. No one asked you. You literally <laughs> did. I literally did. Yeah. You literally did.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, what, what's, what's the best mayonnaise?
1: Before anyone says vanilla mayo, they don't mean mayo mixed with vanilla. They just mean.
4: I, when you said yeah, vanilla mayo, mayo, I, mayo. I, I,
0: I processed in my mind the idea of adding vanilla extract to mayonnaise, and now I want to know what it tastes like. <laughs> Probably it's terrible. Yeah, it uh, sounds gross. vile. But what if it's like? What if it just tastes like <laughs> vanilla frosting, dude? It definitely doesn't. <laughs> I could, could shore up a their weaknesses. It
2: Definitely yeah. doesn't. Yeah. There's vinegar in mayo, and that's yeah. uh,
1: that's gonna put it hardcore. Let's talk about the Exactly. Okay. Um, I mean, can
3: you really describe the okay. quality of condiments individually? Um, they sort of have to be put into together onto a dish to really describe the condiment quality of in it. The same way. You
2: know? <laughs> and like, realistically. In every dish, you should be striving oh, yeah. for maximum bottom <laughs> and quality, yes. right? It's not exactly, exactly.
0: It, this was this was infinite foresight um, by me when I made this gut check before we knew mm. the episode topic. Nice.
4: Okay, uh, <laughs> I, Hmm.
2: I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a stand in that it's definitely not sriracha
3: right but it's not like super because applicable.
2: It's just not a meaningful or improvement mayo. over
3: yeah. sriracha and mayo.
2: No, no, or both of them separately. Like it's very easy if you want to add sriracha to a dish. Whereas, like, if you want to add chipotle, that's like, yeah, you yeah. have to do no, that. when I, you're I cooking agree. It, right? I agree with what you're saying.
0: I'm picking up what you're putting down.
2: So I guess I'll, I guess I'll go with chipotle.
1: No. I, I think I. To... Choose strictly from those options. No, right? you can pick think... whatever
0: mayo you want. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Good.
3: I think I'll go.
1: I was about <laughs> oh, to no, say no, that good. I think that's I good. think I'm
3: I think I'm going bougie with a uh, truffle aioli, <laughs> <laughs> aka truffle garlic mayo.
1: Jesus. Yes. Yeah. All right. I'm going mustard mayo. Whoa. Mustard mayo. No, no, that's really? good. Yeah, some Dijon dude, mustard think...
0: with the mayonnaise.
1: No, 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 no. no it's <laughs> different. It lightens, up. It, up. Dude, it lightens it up. It lightens it up, dude.
2: No no, but I'm saying you could just put mustard yeah, but and you, mayonnaise. You don't, yeah, some,
0: it's something. like you could just put raw garlic and 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 mayonnaise on a thing, but you don't want to bite into the raw you could garlic. You just put sriracha
1: and mayo. <laughs> no, but, on a sandwich. Right, but wait, kidding. but
0: you don't want to bite into
2: a sandwich with mayonnaise. No, and I'm saying that the mustard,
0: the mustard when it's all clumped together and not mixed in with the mayonnaise, it can be too strong for what you're what you're going for. Certainly. Oh Just God. don't. <laughs> uh, shit, dude! I I thought I was confident going in. I was like, you know, I, I was actually a bit torn. I was, I was I was like, Chipotle mayo, garlic mayo. I I kind of like both of these. Um, uh, but dude, truffle mayo and and mustard mayo, that's 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 some. I wasn't prepared. Didn't
1: even put it on the list. G- so can we? Prepared. Do you
3: do you consider burger sauce a mayo derivative?
1: the heck is burger sauce?
3: Like the classic, like pickle juice like, plus like, mustard plus ketchup. Oh, Big plus Mac, mayo. Big Mac Socks. No, it's just, it's just that's just the general burger sauce. Yeah, sauce.
4: Is
3: that a mayo? No, nope. has mayo in it.
0: Uh, okay, if it has mayo in it, then then sure, right? Then it's like a type of. Oh, actually, actually, that's a good question. <laughs> See, when, when does it stop said. becoming yeah, a exactly. mayo? Right, like. <laughs>
3: This how is what the question was. Back mayo, to the ship
0: of Theseus. How many? How much <laughs> mayonnaise can you remove <laughs> and still have it be a mayo? Um, okay, You know, I, I, I've dilly dallyed long enough. This is this is the content. <laughs> our listeners, I, I'm putting my. F- I'm, I'm just. I'm gonna go and, and say the truffle mayo as well. That shit. That shit is divine.
1: Okay. What is this? Okay, I'm I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm differentiating have, truffle
0: aioli and truffled
3: mayo though. In the gut sure, check then I'll go with discord. whatever
0: you said. Aioli. <laughs> oh my the, god, the truffle aioli. <laughs> I'm stealing it. That's fine. Uh, That's allowed in gut check. Uh, I know Reed is going to be upset is because he he wants dude, to pull total, it. And all it's totally, of us have different it's, answers.
3: It's totally allowed if you're boring. <laughs> but listen, I'm okay,
0: I'm trying to so... win gut checks. You know, we were we we've been tallying our. I'm pretty sure
3: you've already lost. You've lost yourself gut checks for like the next two years at least. Yeah,
0: but I'm trying. I'm trying to make a and i'm gonna pick but, the but winning racehorse gonna, but you're not, not gonna make not a comeback if the you losing pick the same thing as somebody just else just that wins.
3: but no, no but if you want to win if you, if you get if you have to make the comeback and you do have to make the comeback i do want to remind you i can keep reminding you of this you have to pick something different that people are going to agree with more yeah he's got a
2: point because now if you're Already behind scoring the same number of points as Reed every time. No, but I'm not
0: scoring the same time. as him every time. I might, I might, uh, it's only when I think he's, he's got a winning thing, or it could be you guys. Oh, you, wait, no, it I, just, I just, no, hold up, oh, hold up. So he's just the I just, I just, no, no, I just realized this
3: is really bad because this means that I'm being cursed by Lyndon picking the same thing as me because this is an indication that I'm in the wrong. Fine, fine, okay. This is, this is, <laughs> yeah. this is true desperation, okay. I, I'm,
0: Reed, that's it. I'm changing my answer, okay. My <laughs> new answer is, is, uh, is just. Just mayo, but I'm also <laughs> gonna beg everyone who's listening to vote for my, to vote for mine so I can win the gunshot. It's job. clout mayo. Yeah, it's clout mayo. Yeah, put clout that. Mayo, that's that's it. Clout mayo. mayo. Okay, that's it. That's my answer. Send it. Also, if you guys going going back, just go vote on all my stuff again. Like, go up, up vote my all my answers. That would be, uh, that'd be huge. Thanks. Uh, okay, moving on, moving point. on. I can't believe um, <laughs> Lyndon.
2: I can't believe Lyndon lets everyone answering the gut check polls wrong get him oh, so good.
1: much. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if this is your best she, scoring poll, just... but this clout idea is gonna wear off quickly. <laughs> <laughs> I,
0: I definitely can't go back to this well, you know, I can't, I can't, I can't next, next episode also ask for, like, clout ketchup or whatever the hell I'd pick for the gut check. Um, also, I have a tremendous advantage. I mean, we all know. I have know a tremendous advantage online, in right? gut checks in terms of like I know what they're gonna be. Well, okay, that's a lie. <laughs> I don't pre plan them, but I have the opportunity to pre plan them and uh you just refuse and kind to of like that think advantage. the best answers, you know? <laughs> but Because I'm still trying to level the playing wild. field, okay? Truly um, wild. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I mean, moving on to listener questions. Question. Uh, so this listener question comes to us from Slump. And Slump asks, what criteria does it take for you to consider cutting Chrome Mox or Mox Diamond?
1: So, I... Well, I said this in the pre-show, but I feel like th- this is too so different. It is? Because I think... It is, I, yeah.
3: I'm also... I, I think I might...
4: Uh, okay.
3: Okay i i i gotta i gotta make this call and if i'm wrong i'm wrong but i think i'm right i think i'm the only person on this podcast who has willingly cut a mox diamond from a cdh deck T-
0: lol that's definitely not true i cut mox diamond from all several decks and no, a, and okay, okay. friend of the show <laughs> yeah, zach z wells i know he's listening to this episode in his car right now hey zach uh he will attest that i've <laughs> i've been shilling for him to cut mox diamond from thrasio's timna uh I think Mox oh, okay. Diamond is well, extremely I mean, cuttable because the worst land in your hand is is often way better than the worst spell in your hand, especially from Chromox to Mox Diamond directly. Um, but way people go way too light on lands. Um, like they'll they'll mulligan for their hands down to five to look for the right amount of lands. Then they'll keep a hand with Mox Diamond and they'll they'll get like. So I'm not saying cut Mox Diamond from every CDH deck, obviously. But I'm saying there are decks, especially if you're trying to take the game long where, um, and it's not in every long game deck either, but um, where cutting Mox Diamond is generally I think the right move um, and just hitting your land drops not going card minus if you have nothing like really strong to power out um, that's that's you know, I, I'm definitely pro cutting Mox Diamond from decks
2: I mean, I think it, yeah it's definitely important to realize Mox Diamond is only mana ramp until you miss exactly. your first land drop, and I, I think that does often sort of get lost in the discussions around it. Whereas, like like Chrome Mox, if you exile a card that doesn't make mana, does mean you're up a mana for the whole game, um, which I think leads to different uh different
1: sorts of reasons why you might cut uh Chrome Mox. I think uh one thing that you're I mean, not underselling, but basically haven't touched on yet, is how big of a difference it is to play a turn 1 versus turn 2 Remora or a turn 2 versus two, turn 3 Ristic And then, like, those are the two best. But any sort of early value engine, like, stealing a turn or, like, cheating on a turn for discarding a card just seems like
0: it it certainly does but i don't want to trade like if if mox diamond is on average just putting me down a card and then it's no longer ramp once i miss my first land drop and i'm trying to play a deck where i'm hitting i'm trying to hit a bunch of my land drops especially in something like tnt where you have an actual good mana sink right um then and and if you're playing a more controlly build and not like some kind of like weird turbo build um then yeah, like I, I'm I'm fine to cut Mox Diamond and not put it in just for the odd case where I can draw into my turn two Ristic Study or something. Like you already have cards that See, can accelerate actually... you into that. Like your dorks, right? Um, so it's uh, I, I'm way more uh, like I'll also like cut Mox Diamond. I, I'm tr- I was trying to think if there's a scenario where I'd cut Curl Mox before Mox Diamond, and i don't really think there is oh there are tons or i would okay well what are some i'd be interested to hear so first of all i would say the thing about tnt though is that
2: like you can make your land drops a lot easier especially if you're say getting your card advantage engines online a turn earlier so i actually don't think that tnt is like a particularly good candidate for for cutting uh mox diamond especially like the high color decks the the any color flexibility can be really nice um with chrome the reason you cut it is for colors um where you have a deck like for a while i didn't play it in hullen because basically i didn't need it to make green the deck way overproduces green and i never had a white or a blue card that i wanted to exile like so basically i was looking at a card that was like in order to help me cast the cards i want to cast I'd have to exit. But you're still
0: running Mox Diamond.
4: Yeah. That's interesting because I think Holland Holland additionally has the
0: synergy where having lands in hand is actually like decent. Right? Like get Sure,
2: but but also getting getting your five mana commander down a turn
0: earlier. Which is is which is why like which is why I'm surprised. Like I mean Chrome Mox, you know, Holland has generic costs in it. I don't know. Sure, sure. I see where you're like, coming from, but I, I guess I'd more personally, uh, disagree. like, I, I to be clear, I now
2: play Chrome in Holland, okay. but I had it not in there for a while, um, and I think that like there, I'm not necessarily sure like what other decks specifically I would think of cutting it from. It would probably be a green deck that was playing Oof, that was higher in colors that, w- but still very centralized on green, um, so maybe like some stuff in Teemer, uh, where. The The majority of the mana you're producing is green. The majority of your costs are green, but not quite as disproportionate. And you're often only going to have, like, one or two either blue or red cards. Um, which, yeah, I think just makes it... It makes it, like, very awkward a lot of the time. And also the thing, the thing with Holland is that you also, like... Yes, having extra lands in hand is good, but so is having extra dorks, right? Sure. Like, pitching a dork under Holland is is actually, like... Or, sorry, under a Chrome Mox in Holland is, like, kind of a minus two because not only is it now gone, you don't get to play it, what's your, it also doesn't get you a trigger. What's your
0: creature density? Like, is there... An, so, I mean, uh, the example I was saying, the worst land in your hand is, is often better than the worst spell. Um, Obviously, in Holland, your worst spell probably isn't going to be a dork, as, as you're pointing out. Um, Or,
2: but, like, my worst spell is some irrelevant... It's, like, the deck is, like, combo pieces, a little bit of interaction tutors and creatures so like the some some creature is going to be my worst card in hand which means i also get a trigger if i get to cast it
0: sure yeah that's that's a fair point um and i guess yeah, i i i guess i don't know i i still i still kind of stand by the uh mox diamond um thing and the point that you made which is you know it's only ramp until you miss your first land drop and then in holland certainly you know missing land drops uh, can be rough, but I did want to address the um, so so that's whatever. But I, I wanted to address the point you you'd said about um, Thrasio's Timna at the start of uh, kind of your discussion here, which was that it can be used to kind of power out your um, value engines. So uh, presumably, by that you mean your commanders, right? Like your Timna and then kind of yeah. recouping your cards there. Uh, yeah. Is it like if you're going turn one? Uh, so the the biggest thing that i could see that doing is really like because i mean you're you're often trying to play some kind of ramp on turn one right um be that a dork whatever you so swing the the biggest thing is you, you get is one turn earlier turn of a swing two. right off of timna yeah which i mean or you you could also go like instead of ramp you could go turn one Thrass, turn two timna and then start getting exactly. Thrass instead of like a dork or something
3: and- and do remember that like the the earlier you land a Timna, like it's like exponentially better, oh, yeah, especially yeah. in Thrass Timna, where like you don't actually necessarily play good attackers, you're just sort of relying on people not playing blockers or things that they're willing to block with. So getting a Timna down a turn earlier than usual is like exponentially better because it means that you get like at least another turn, if not more, um, worth of cards.
0: So then, the... um, if that's something you're super interested in, why not run something like a Jeweled Lotus?
3: Uh, there is actually an argument to run Drilled Lotus. The, the other argument for Chromox is that it gives you more explosive Thrasios activations. So like if you're drawing a bunch of cards off of Timden and Thrasios, it's nice to be able to convert those cards into actions on that same turn, because otherwise you're, like, you don't actually have that much fast mana in the deck, so you're not actually converting those draws into actions as quickly, because you have to play out the dorks and then wait an entire turn cycle and then be able to play out the gas from your hand. Or you're playing out the gas from your hand and you can't play the dorks out. Which is typically why Thrassius Timna gets stuck with dorks in hands and like late game a lot of the time. Why you play um why you play Force of Vigor in those decks because like you have issues converting uh card draw directly into game actions,
4: mm,
1: which is the yeah, reason why um why fair. there's a
3: lot of fast mana in uh, specifically Curious Control because that deck can draw a lot of cards. Um, but it's also playing a very reactive shell and you couldn't necessarily like actually do much with a lot of those cards with that additional fast mana. So like stuff like Mock Amber and such.
0: Un- unsurprisingly, um, fast mana is good at powering out things faster (laughs) than usual when you want (laughs) to cast something or do something powerful, right? Like you're willing to trade off the card disadvantage because you're Uh, going to, you're going to get down a card engine that, you know, helps you recoup that faster. So I'm going to
2: have to ask you to tone it down. This isn't a hot takes episode. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
0: yeah. Um, Any, any Matt,
4: Morgan, anyone else? Or read, sorry. I guess, Morgan, you gave your thing on Gromox Mox Diamond. No? No. Okay. Uh, Well, that about wraps it up
0: for this episode. If you guys would like to reach out to us... Uh, if you guys would like to reach us... No, it is reach out. Oh my god, it's been too long. <laughs> If you guys would like to reach out to us with any questions, comments, or concerns, you can contact us on Twitter at IntoTheNorthPod, via our email gmail.com or on our Discord server, the invite link for which can be found in the description for this episode. An extra special thanks to all of our patrons who help cover the expenses for our show and allow us to work towards improving the quality of the podcast. If you too would like to become a patron, we are at patreon.com slash another way you can support us is via our tcg player affiliate link so anytime you want to purchase something from tcg player if you use our affiliate link which is in the podcast last youtube description a portion of your purchase goes towards supporting the podcast thank you as always to the band vox cadre for our lovely podcast music Tune in to the slubber for our equally lovely podcast logo into our video editor manta ray hat the next episode will be out in two weeks until then see ya
4: bye